Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot-Bodied Awesome. Pow, pow, pow. I and Sam Nifty Delady, so what? It's another instalment of the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. We're crawling our way slowly through the 1979 movie Yesterday's Hero, which of course stars Ian McShane as Rod Turner, washed up football star, and uh, Paul Nicholas as Clint Simon, uh, millionaire pop star and owner of third division side The Saints. And I've got the script here as well, which we can refer to. Um, sorry, this is a bit late in the day because this should have been out first thing this morning. But we uh, we got sidetracked. Um, I had to go on a Greg's run, so uh, it was even slightly later than it was going to be. I was I was just saying to you, Sam, I was at Greg's and uh, and I came out and there was three women standing outside, uh, one wearing a mask, uh, mm. one not wearing a mask, and one with the mask looped over one ear but hanging down by the side of her face. And they're all having a nice Ooh. chat. So something for everyone there yeah, on the mask exactly. scene. All I don't know how, covered. how that how the virus will respond. I, I think that's designed to basically confuse the virus. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> I saw an here? opportunity, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> and which one of them is the one that's carrying it? I don't know. Or does the mm. virus just come from midair and attack you? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an expert I, on these things. I had a dream that I was in a cinema last night thinking, right. fuck it, yeah, my childhood Obviously, cinema. Obviously, dream chat is banned, but it's banned. good. My childhood cinema has recently been demolished in real life, mm. but not in the dream, mate. It was back, mm. and I was in there, and yeah. it was perfect because at the ticket stand, they had, all you did was you pressed whatever nationality flag, you want, whatever film you wanted to see, what country. So it's like you fancy a Dutch film, fancy a French film, fancy <laughs> wow. an Israeli film, bang, right? I thought, yeah, I like this. Pick film by nationality, depending on your mood. It's good. Done it. Tickets come out. Then all of a sudden I've what looked around. No country in it. France, always. Because <laughs> it might be a rookie. <laughs> Whether it's Dreamland or Reality Land, it's always French cinema for me every time. The Friday night and, the BBC two French film. Oh, and I, I just fucking me. I thought, brilliant, settled down. My old childhood cinema's somehow inexplicably been rebuilt. I'm gonna sit down on my own, watch a lovely French film, maybe nod off with some popcorn. Dreamland. But then I've looked around and I thought, hang on a minute. Lockdown restrictions haven't been eased fully yet, and none of these cunts have got masks on. 
Well, I fucking, <laughs> I've totally lost it in the cinema. Fucking lost it, stormed out, ruined the whole day for myself. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I meant, well, we're talking about movies and stuff. Uh, did you see the Shane McGowan documentary on last night? No. BBC 4? No, I didn't. BBC much better 4. than I thought it would be. Yeah, much better really? than I thought it would be. It was, it was you know, Julian Temple? Yeah. Uh, he's done it. And he's done oh, some right. great he, he does make good. He makes good music documentaries. He does. The best one I think that I can think of is the um, Dr. Feelgood one, Oil City Confidential. Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. No, uh, I haven't, but I did, um, what's his name? I did see the one with Wilco Johnson after Wilco Johnson thought he was dying and then yeah. didn't. That and didn't. Because I, I interviewed him about that. Yeah, fucking madness, mate. Thought he had, he, had a, he had an inoperable tumour, so he thought, fuck Ooh. this, I'll go on a world tour. That'll, yeah. that'll show the bastards, right? Yeah, and did. I'll just, I'll tour my way to death. Then he's in <laughs> Japan... Doing a gig for a load of Doctor Feelgood fans, and some Japanese fella comes up and goes, "Eh, what's that fucking massive lump you got?" And he goes, "It's a tumor." He goes, "I'll fucking fix that." And he goes, "No, you won't, mate." He went, "It's fucked. I'm dying." It's inoperable. And he went, well, that's what that's what they told you in fucking England. You're in Japan now. We invented the fucking Walkman. They said that wasn't possible. <laughs> Different rules, pal. <laughs> hey, we sell we sell we sell girls' knickers in vending machines here. All bets are off, mate. Raw fish, mate. They said they'd never be able to market that round the world. Look at it now. Imagine that. You don't even have to fucking cook it. Just kill a fish, <laughs> chop the cunt up, and then flog it for a fiver apiece. Unbelievable you know, scenes. You know, kinder surprise, we invented them as well, I think. Chocolate <laughs> egg, we're a toy in it. Unbelievable. Now, when you think of all of them things that we have done against all the odds, right... Confounding all conventional thinking about what is and isn't possible in this life. And you are going to stand there and tell me that you don't want me to give that fucking tumour a once over. <laughs> Japanese what have you got style. To lose? What have you got to lose? They're going to kill you. So, so he said, yeah, all right. And then he, next thing he knows, he's, he's like, yeah, you're not going to die after all, mate. Crack on. Freak the shit out of him. Massive re- reprieve yeah. in life. And, uh, and he said, did you he, know, did he not have like, did he not have something like seventy percent of his insides removed as well? Didn't he? It was a huge operation. Maybe, yeah. I think it, it took about three days. I think. Yeah. He was. Uh, they just fucking basically emptied him out. But uh, exactly. if it works, I felt fucking dynamite afterwards. <laughs> it's like when you oh, do a big clear out of your storage. <laughs> oh, light as a feather, all nimble. I thought I'll do <laughs> another tour. It's just the same as when you go out when you have a good clear up in the garden. And you look out and you say to Mrs. Fucking hell, look at the size of the garden. <laughs> well, like that bought me guts. <laughs> I can recommend having a good guts clear out if you get the opportunity. That's good. Um, if the, didn't Julian Temple make Filth and the Fury as well, the Sex Pistols one? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. That's good, because he shot them all in silhouette and at one point Johnny Rotten starts crying about Sid Vicious. All oh, right, I can't remember mm. that. But yeah. he, he's great because he, he drops loads of um, kind of archive film clips into it as well to kind of um, augment what's going on. And yeah. it's like a really distinctive style it's got. But the Shane McGowan one, because I kind of, I mean, I love the Pogues yeah. in, their, in their pomp sort of thing. Mm. But then I kind of thought, well, Shane's not really been um, 
active particularly for like about 25 years and I mean he does look mm. in a bad way now mm. which you would expect yeah. from uh, the life that he's had he talks about having his first drink at the age of six mm. when he lived in Ireland um, but it's, it was really good yeah the highlight was possibly when the Pogues were on tour in 88 and uh, Shane took some acid in New Zealand uh, and the hotel he was staying in was on an old Maori burial ground so he dropped this acid uh, and all these Maori ghosts came to him and said, prove that you're with us. You're either with us or against us. Uh, and they said, in order to prove that you're with us, you need to strip yourself naked and paint yourself blue. Oh. Which he duly did. And then yeah. painted the rest of the hotel room blue as well. And uh, that was that was a point where um, lifestyle choices had to be examined, let's just say, during so that he, tour. <laughs> he what? So he got off the fucking hallucinogens and stayed on the booze? Yeah. He said he was on heroin at one point. Um, and there's a, well. there's, a, there's a bit in it where he says um, he says to the interviewer, if you were to give me a needle now full of heroin, um, and you, you kind of expect him to say, you know, I would smash it up or throw it down the toilet or something. He says, no, I would jab it straight into my arm. Ah, fucking <laughs> fucking hell. hell. Shane McGowan, so, I mean, uh, he can't be happy, can he? There must be a deep sadness inside of him to well, have devoted be... that amount of his time to just fucking uh, pursuing utter Get oblivion. And of course, yeah. uh, and w- w- throughout the whole documentary, he's also in conversation with uh, the dreaded uh, Johnny Depp. Oh who, no! Of course, he's one of his mates. So you oh, know, it's all that. God. It's all that kind of yeah. fucking. Uh, well, yeah, I love the Pogues. I mean, I, I I still listen to the Pogues quite regularly, and yeah. um, and uh, funnily enough, it's St Patrick's Day today, as we're recording this, oh, yeah, and yeah. and they played Fiesta this morning on the on the radio, hmm. which is an overplayed song, but. So this morning when I was out having me run, it was it sounded really good. It's also the Pogues' least Irish song as well. <laughs> it's Spanish. Yeah, yeah, it's a mariachi song. Um, yeah. There's a good book. Uh, mm. I say good. I've only really read bits of it, but my wife actually did the like worked on it. Where um, our old publishers uh, by James Fernley, who's a oh, member yeah. of the Pogues. Here comes everybody. I've yeah, got I've it. got that. I've got it, but I've never finished mm. it. But I've dipped in and out, and it's a very interesting story. Um, but uh, it's a good name for a book, that. Here comes everybody. Mm. Good name for a podcast. Mm. Um, or Here right. Comes the Cunt. That's another one. Here Come the Cunts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we um, get on with this uh, Yesterday's Hero thing, mm. probably? Uh, where were we? Well, there yeah. are parallels between... Um, Rod, what's his name? And Shane yeah, McGowan. Shane McGowan, of course. Mm. A couple and of washed a, up old drunks. And, a, and George Best as well. I mean, I was thinking earlier about, I forgot the name of the guy that directs this, but he told me that he was um, famous one of the greatest photographer. sports photographer. I wonder whether <clears throat> there was a scene in some kind of Elia hotel bar where he was there with Jackie Collins and George Best and the Rolled idea in. for this whole thing came together. Yeah. Over one conversation, I'll direct that for you, because he might have been washed up by then. Who knows? She was. He was like, "I'll direct it. I'm a photographer. What can't be that much of a difference between pictures that don't move and pictures that move? I know where to put the lights." And George is like, "I'll be producer." And Jack comes out, and I'll write it, darling. Right? 
um, George has got a oh, 20%. Of course, darling, it's your story. <laughs> but then la- last minute, they've just changed the name. They said, look, we yeah. can't be paying George for this. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to get uh, Ian McShane to play him. We're just going to call him Rod Turner. By which time George has forgotten the conversation even took place. They were originally going to call the character Jim Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw George yeah. Best's lawyers off the scent. <laughs> yeah, the director's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I take photographs. But what you might not know is the things that I take photographs of they're all moving at the time. See? So this is just pretty much similar, but I just make it lots of photographs joined together. It's a fucking Bosman's holiday for me. <clears throat> as far as I know, as far as I recall from my research into this fella, he hasn't done, he didn't direct many other things. But I no. actually happen to think this is a really well-directed film. And as we've said uh, probably in the first episode... It's I I genuinely think this film's really well directed. Various reasons, great performances, visually really great, quite imaginative actually in, in some of the ways he, he he puts it together. But also, it's really it feels like a kind of a, it feels like a Ken Loach type film, right? Films <laughs> like or like or to say a more contemporary example, like Shane Meadows, right? Someone who's yeah. really got under the skin of British working class culture and knows it because there are scenes in this where you can smell it and taste it, right? Yeah. But this guy's just some fucking Hollywood sports photographer who <laughs> might may have just stepped foot in fucking Britain for the first time to shoot this film, but somehow <laughs> captured it in what I feel is an authentic and believable way. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it is, let's say, riddled with cliches, mm. let's be fair, but then... Fucking Ken Loach films are also riddled with cliches oh, yeah. when you look at them properly. So, um, you know, we've we've assessed Ken uh, Lo- Ken Loach on yeah, this the, podcast on many an occasion. Yeah, the the uh, <laughs> the unluckiest fan driver in the world. Exactly. Oh yeah. fuck! I've lost my keys now. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Tories! Wah <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Thatcher. I've got a puncher. <laughs> <laughs> so right where are we um so we're at the bit where um is this, well, we just left it at the meeting in clint simon's office and jake marsh is the manager of saints played by uh, adam faith and uh they're talking about the injury to john snatcher which is a mm. fucking great name for a footballer john snatcher um they're not they they can't find a replacement at this stage of the season uh, they were going to bring in O'Donoghue out of the reserves, but as uh, Jake Marsh says, he's not good enough. He shit his pants. Uh, <laughs> really harsh assessment. He good shit job they his didn't pants. have that Amazon all or nothing thing in those days, you know, yeah. like where you actually get to see, where the players get to see you talking behind their backs yeah. on TV. Because yeah. that would have done, that would have been terrible for his confidence, yeah. that young lad. Yeah, for. Yeah, for O'Donoghue. Yeah, I mean, this is the prototype of all or nothing, isn't it, this film? Yeah, it really is, yeah. That's where they got, that's where they got the idea from. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Clint I tell you has what, an idea. That's a good point. If you're thinking, shall I watch All or Nothing, right? I, as I've said before, I think the Tottenham one with Jose Marino is fucking funny because Jose yeah. is just so fucking mad and funny. However, 
the City one with Guardiola, absolutely fucking boring, right? Just a puff piece, like a corporate video, right? right? Yep. And Guardiola ain't half nauseating. He loves himself so much, you know. Mm. Um, but I would say, don't, listen, do not fucking bother. You can go on our YouTube channel and watch um, Yesterday's Hero and yeah. you will have the time of your life watching it. There. <laughs> compared I've got, to the city. I've, yeah, compared to All or Nothing. Watch this instead. It's much better. <laughs> so, um, Clint Simon has the big idea. Uh, he, he gives his little his little mirrored desk a wipe first uh, from the mm-hmm. cloth he's got in a special drawer. Just I love wipe the fact the cocaine off my desk. <laughs> I love the fact there's cloth content in this film as well. Yeah. Ties in beautifully with Top, top Flight Time Machine. Yeah. And his idea is Rod Turner. Um, Jake says, what? <laughs> Clint says, he was the best bloody striker in the business. <laughs> to which Jake replies, the man's a drunk, for God's sake. He's a has-been. And then Clint says, I told you it was an offbeat idea. <laughs> Get <laughs> this. Offbeat. Thinking outside offbeat the box. Offbeat is a really good, ju- is a really good um, justification for saying mad shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit offbeat. It's a bit blue sky thinking. It's outside the box. See I'm what gonna you think. I'm going to make an offbeat sexual suggestion to my wife later. <laughs> Hear me out. This is slightly <laughs> offbeat, but you might just like it. <laughs> now, no. here it comes. <laughs> no! I told you it was offbeat. Told you it was offbeat. Just forget <laughs> I ever said it. But at the same time, just place it there somewhere in your memory in case you change. People change. <laughs> <laughs> Ideas change, needs T- change. Tastes change, moods change. <laughs> we live in a fluid environment. Let's say, let's say, let's come back to it in say ten days. See what you think. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and Clint says a guy who played like Rod did. It's still got to be in there somewhere, and you can bring it out, Jake. Ooh. And Jake's Jake's not convinced by this. He says he's old, he's slow, he's drunk. Okay, let's see him play. <laughs> and then uh, it cuts to a match. Now, I still can't figure out what fucking league this is meant to be, what level he's playing at, because we think it's lower league. We think it's like third or fourth division. But Saints yeah. are in the third division, so perhaps he's fourth division. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're playing in a ground where there's no fans. It's an absolute mud bath. I think that's, this, I think that's budgetary. You reckon? I, yeah, there's no way he's playing. There's no way... They're plucking. There's no way even Clint Simons, with his offbeat approach to running a football club, is going to pluck someone from non-league. Nah. Yeah. I mean, nah. the pitch is ja- and, and I think Jackie Collins would have written it in the spirit of, I'm here to get the story told, darling. I'm not going to get bogged down in the details. This is a film for everyone. It touches upon the universals of the human condition. It happens to be set in the world of football, yes, but this is not for football aficionados. This is for your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle, your godfather, the school mom, the butcher, <laughs> the baker, the candlestick maker. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I'm searching for too much realism in this. That's probably what I'm doing. But it's a, yeah, she would have just absolutely. been like, there is a yeah. football match going on. Rod Turner is playing but, in it. I mean, you've got the script, so you might know what she wrote, but we've, we've that would have been her attitude. Of, we've got all of the extremes here. Saints, yes, they're in the third division, but they're going to go all the way to Wembley, we hope. And as for Rod Turner's team, they're going to be playing in Pigsville. 
<laughs> Make it so! <laughs> so, um, that, fr- that fucking phrase doesn't get used enough, does it? Make it so! Make it so! Make it so! I'd like more. to use that more. Well, yeah, we, we don't have, have enough underlings in Top Flight Time Machine no. Limited, but if we did, we no. could be shouting that at them every day. There's, there's two phrases I'd like to use more often in, in regular life. One of them is, make it so! And the mm. other one is, gods, seize him! Yeah. There's not much opportunity to use that either, is there, really? No, and nor should there be, really. I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting delusions of grandeur. But make it so is good. I mean, it reminds me of when Len had that um, sort of magician character that he liked to pretend to yeah. be with the catchphrase, it is done! <laughs> yes! <laughs> is he not around anymore? Is that character gone now? He's gone by fears. the wayside. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about what's your objective now. That seems to be the new catchphrase. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I'm looking at the script for this scene, and there's there's a little bit of uh, augmentation to it. He says. Uh, Clint's gone. He was the best bloody striker in the business. The best. When I was a kid, I never missed a game. Every Saturday. Christ, he was magic. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, Clint. Calm down, Clint. I think Clint's done a fucking rail off of that glass desk just before this meeting began. Yeah, it's obvious what he's been wiping away. Yeah. And then Jake says, uh, he's a has-been of the First Order. Cranlow United haven't won a game since they took him. Jesus! <laughs> so it's a bit fucking uh, Adam Faith a a, a, Adam Faith in this film plays an absolute cunt of a man yeah yeah he's great in it isn't he yeah yeah he plays it he plays such a cunt like he mm. just yeah and he fucking we, ne- we don't never really find out why but suffice to say this is just the beginning turns out they've got history we never really find out what the nature of that history is but yeah. Adam Faith absolutely fucking hates Rod Turner. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can uh, examine it deeper when we get to it and imagine what the history mm. is between them, but um, that'll, that'll come together a bit Almost later. definitely uh, woman-related, in my opinion. Well, of course, of course yeah. it is. Jalapeno. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. So, yeah, he says, old slow drunk. And uh, Clint says, okay, so he's not at his best. We didn't expect him to be. Jake says, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he stinks. He's smelly. <laughs> I will not have horrible. a smelly man 
on my team. <laughs> my team are clean boys. When you or not of a stinker. Who do you think is a smelly player? I mean, nowadays oh, I don't know if you get them. I tell you, I think nah. might. I, I tell you, I think might smell a little bit. This is harsh. Is so apologies if he's listening, Luke Shaw. Yeah, because yeah, he always call. looks like he's got a hangover. I'm not saying he yeah. stinks bad, like a piss or something. What I mean is, he, I think he might have a stale smell about him. Yeah, because yeah, he he always looks like he's a bit unshaven and a bit like he's just you know like mm. if you ever played Sunday League, like your mates have just woken you up. And go, mate, yeah. we've got to go. And you've had to quickly throw up in the bog. And just yeah. like, you're still putting your boots on as you run onto the field. He's got that look about him. Very good player. Playing, He's having his best season in a United shirt. So Absolutely. if he does yeah. smell, it's not it's not harming his performances on the field. But he, yeah. I'm just saying, he looks like he might smell. Yeah, I reckon so. I mean, Sunderland have got our goalkeeper, Lee Burge who we got on a free from Coventry, so that's the kind of level that we're looking at. And he's, he was kind of shit at first, but he's come together and he's got more clean sheets in the league one than anybody else. But he's been he's clearly been cutting his own fringe yeah. at home during COVID and it's very, yeah. very straight, well, slightly straight, slightly yeah. off. But with, with that haircut that he's got at the minute, he looks like he might smell a bit as well. You can usually pretty accurately assess a man's scent by looking at his hair. By looking at his haircut, yeah. I mean, well, as a as a bald man, you can anyone who sees me thinks, "Look at that, very clean. There's nothing hiding, no beard. Yeah, I'm clean. Line. I'm facially clean shaved, and yeah. on my head." And so people can just see, and you know that I'm going to smell good. I mean, yeah, when I moisturise, yeah. I moisturise all over my head, not just my face. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, so soft, it's supple, it's, it's, pleasant smelling. It's it's the opposite of the Mister Twit syndrome, isn't it? There's no hair yeah. for for those yeah, to be caught up in bits of so, old food and all that stuff. Dinner and nah. stuff. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about that with a bald man. But I think you probably want you probably want to have a goalkeeper that smells a bit, don't you? Because it's going to be off putting. Put well, like Set the pieces. way that Razor Raddock used to wet himself before a game on purpose. You know that, <laughs> don't you? I wasn't aware of that. Fucking hell. Yeah, he talks about it, I think, on the, on the new podcast. It sounds like a segue to promote a podcast that we've made, but um, the eight, Razor's A to Z of Football, which is a very funny new podcast that we've made. But he, I knew this already about him because someone else had told me, a, a footballer who he'd marked once, said, oh, yeah, he'd come up to you before the game in the warm-up. He'd walk over and say, oh, I'm marking you today. And then he'd just start in front of you during the warm-up wetting himself. And it was like a, it was a psychological game, yeah. in part because it was like, look, I'm fucking mad. I'm fucking and, mental here, yeah. And also, yeah. it's like you're kind of backing into him if he's the centre back, so you know all the way through the game that you're getting covered in another man's it, urine. Rudick's piss, yeah, yeah. But the the main wow. thing I think about when I think about it is like in the cold and icy weather, running around from the mm. beginning of the game covered in piss, the chafing. It's going to be exactly. so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's why that I I appreciate the psychological benefits of it, but no, nah, I wouldn't be able to face the chafing between the legs and all I, that. I mean, I'm 48 now, and I still remember the very very rare occasions when I was a very small kid when I did piss myself. Yeah, and that that chafing stays with you for life. The mm. feeling of that, doesn't it? You know that memory. But um, I think pissing yourself when you're out in the cold is good temporarily because it's warm 
and it brings you some respite from the cold. But like you say, after that, when it starts to cool and the chafing begins, it's a, it's a nightmare. I so remember shitting myself at primary school once. This isn't the yeah. time when I accidentally shat myself in Pizza Express. That was years later. That was different. This was, different. different this, was this was one of the worst memories of my life. Mm. I was like at primary school and I was cack handed. I don't know if that's politically correct thing to say. Um, and- I can't see why it wouldn't be. I don't know who, which which group minority group it. It's offensive towards cack-handed. There's, there's probably a powerful cack-handed lobby, <laughs> right? Um, Big cack. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so my mum, I'd always wear tracksuits to school. There was no uniform right. at my primary school. Prim- yeah. Most primary schools didn't used to have uniform. No, and, we didn't either. And so I wore just a, a lovely, comfortable, I mean, thinking about it now, just so, it's lovely. So how I dress now because of lockdown, just only in a nice sweatshirt material, elasticated tracksuit. Yeah. Lovely, right? Yeah. I had them in different colours and I'd just rotate, you know? And that's why <laughs> I go to school in. But the reason was not just because of comfort, it's because my mum fucking knew that if I was wearing jeans with a button fly or any trousers with a button, there'd be a high yeah. chance I wouldn't be able to pull my trousers down to go to the toilet. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And then, like, we all my develop mom, at different different paces. Yeah, she would literally be like, fucking hell, that cunt. She's always, I mean, the thing is, she is like, <laughs> all of the flaws that I had when I was like literally six, she still holds against me now, right? <laughs> so she would literally, in front of people, go, ah, oh, well, thing is, he's, he can't undo buttons, right? And I go, no, mum, I couldn't undo buttons when I was six. I am 45. <laughs> Don't give him anything to do with buttons. Oh, no, trust me. I learned the hard way. Do not give him any any button-related tasks to perform because, trust me, it'll fucking blow up in your face. Right? We weren't going to. Well, I'm just saying. When I, she, I, thinking. I was round there the other day. We went to do a doorstep visit for a Mother's Day. Mm. And she said, oh, I've got some pocket money for your kids because she gives my kids a little bit of money. And she got the money and she put um, uh, the individual, like, notes, £5, into two of those. You know those money bags you get at the bank to put your change in for coining? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, One of that. And she put them in one each. And I was with my brother and he went, "What what are you putting them in individual bags for? Right? And I was about to answer thinking... Oh, because it's nice for the kids to get it in their own little bag and they've got their own bag each that she's given. Yeah. But that's what I assumed. But before I said it, my mum went dead serious. Oh, because he'll lose it if not, right? And my brother's gone, what? And she's gone, oh, you know what he's like. He'll lose it. You have to put it in a little bag for him because it makes it harder for him to lose, right? She's fucking serious. I said, what the fuck are you on about? And my brother's like pissing himself going, oh, my God. She has to put money in little bags for you, right? Because you can't fucking be trusted not to lose it unless they're in little bags. I went, that is bollocks. That's not why he goes, well, she's done it. That's what she said she's done it. She went, no, you know what you're like. You will lose it. I don't want you losing money. When? Name the time I fucking lost money because it hasn't been bagged. You can't. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe yeah, when man. you used to take dinner money into school when you were nine or something like that, there was one time 
you might have lost it. Yeah, and that is her though. She'll always think she'll remember one thing and she will milk it forever. If I'd known when I was a fucking child, right, that the things I did then, the mistakes I made then would still be being held against me 40 years later, right, I'd have been a bit more fucking paranoid. I'd have been a bit more fucking clever as well. I'd have made more of an effort. You'd have tried harder, wouldn't you? I certainly wouldn't have shat yeah. my pants on the day, the first day she said, try out some trousers today. You're getting older now. It's a, and all the other boys wear normal trousers. I think you should wear, try normal trousers. And I've gone, all right, mummy. And then, sure enough, I can't fucking get them undone. I'm in a panic yeah. in the toilet. Panic. I remember it vividly. Yeah. This must have been about 1982 or 1981 or something. And like my yeah. thumb, I remember digging my thumb into the metal button to try oh, and get it through yes. the hole. And I can feel it. Oh, fuck it. I can't fucking get it. My my thumb feels like it's going to start bleeding. I just can't do it. Next thing, bang, I've shat my pants. Fucking hell. And I didn't know what to do because when you're a kid, you just get so scared. Believe it or not, I was quite a shy kid, right, in those days. I was like, I wasn't one of the louder kids. That came later. And I went back out and I sat on a bench on my own in the playground. In the shit? In the shit. All right. Yeah. And and then there was these two brothers who I was mates with, but I really looked up to the older one. They were very much the like tough kids of the school and of mm. the whole area, right? And I was mates with them, which I thought was pretty cool even at that age. So I'm fucking banging with the Howard brothers. Yeah. Oh the Howard brothers, yeah. I think I've heard of them. And the old, I mean, actually, just saying their name is a bit scary because <laughs> to fight, you hear bits and bobs, and suffice to say, they right, rem, they right. remained tough into adulthood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think they only got tougher, and uh, the and, blueprint had been formed. Yeah, and the older one, right? The older, I'm literally now not going to say his name because I've suddenly made myself scared of of vengeance. Right. Not that this reflects badly on them, only on me. But he came over and I was particularly excited to be friends with him because he was like the top mm. dog of the school. And he's come over, spotted me on the bench, and I'm thinking, usually I'd be like, oh, he's going to come and sit next to me because he's my mate. But in fact, I was like, don't fucking come and sit next to me. And he came and sat down next to me, and I thought, oh, well, maybe he won't notice. And I went, all right, mate, or whatever. And he went, all right, and he stopped, and he just went really loudly, oh, you stink of shit. Fucking hell. And after that, next? I must have blacked out because I can't remember what happened. You can't remember anything else. That's the thing, I, isn't I it? I can't you... have gone the whole day with shit in my pants. Yeah. Something I must, must have, have happened, but you, They you, must have called my mum. Hello, Mrs. Hello, yeah. Mrs. Delaney. Yes. It's What's the he school here. What's he done now? He shat his pants. Fucking yeah, I hell. So. I knew, I should, I knew it was too trousers. soon. I knew it was too soon for proper trousers. That's what she would He's have brought, the... though. He's had them for two hours. I had, him fucking, I had him practicing at home with them. We practiced and practiced and practiced. I thought he had. I thought he cracked it. Then he's gone into school two hours later. Got- I get the call. I got to step out of work. What am I supposed to tell my boss? I've just got to leave for a couple of hours because my son has shat his pants. <laughs> yes, Sam, the nine-year-old one. Yes, <laughs> I must stress. I was. I think I was six. Right. You were six, sorry. sorry. Which is too okay. old to shit yourself, don't you? I mean, I'm not <clears> looking for excuses. <throat> six is too old. I mean, really, once you're out of nappies, it's always embarrassing to shit your pants. It is. It is. 
Um, I've got a memory of it, but I don't know where or when it was. Just the memory of actually doing it. Do you know what mm. I mean? The sensation. That, that, that sensation of it yeah. sitting there in I your fucking wife. I remember it vividly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember sure with... I, I remember with, with she'll hate me for saying this, but I remember my daughter, you know, when, when they first, when you first get wean them off the nappies, right? Yeah. And every time you go out, it's a fucking, it's a gamble, right? You're scared because yeah, yeah. you've got to get them out of nappies, but you know there's a chance they're going to shit themselves. You're walking a tightrope, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Walking yeah. a shit tightrope. In fact, in fact, I'll just tell you just briefly, this isn't the point of the story, but the other day I was up at Richmond Park near me and there was, and as we were leaving the park, this quite sort of posh family, just mum, dad and the kid. And the kid's like, yeah, about that age, you know, when you sort of wean them off the yeah. the nappies. And the kid runs ahead of them, right, into the park, all excited. We were walking out of the park, cross paths sort of thing. And I thought, am I fucking seeing things? Or is that bloke, the dad, carrying, not in a bag, just carrying openly a fucking potty with him? And I got near it, and he fucking was. And it's a really busy day up at Richmond Park, right? And then, to make matters worse, just to to confirm it in case I was in any doubt at all, the mum shouts after the son and says whatever his fucking name is, Tarquin, do you need to to use this before you run off and play? Imagine that. What the fuck is going on in their heads? I'd rather let my kid shit his pants. The walk around behind him with a fucking potty in the middle of a pot, shouted out, would you like to use the pot pot? Sit him down in the middle of the park and get him to have a go on it. Oh, man. Mate, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> London. And you're right, mate. No, not really. <laughs> not really. No, just people in general. People in general, you can never second guess what kind of lunacy people are going to get up to, especially in public. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my what one it was an early morning during that period of parenthood where you're just you feel like you're you're dying or have already died all the time because mm. you're you you're never sleeping and you spend most of your time handling shit, right? And um, it was that sweet spot of parenthood, and I went to a it was freezing cold, but you know you just you have to get your kid out of the house because they're driving, uh, you know your missus mad. You just you need to get out. So I took her up to this local park and it was a small park with swings and slides and it was a Sunday morning and it was fucking crazy early, like seven in the morning or something, right? Yeah. And there's still frost on the fucking benches and the climbing frame and all that. And we get up there and it's like, you know, it's not a particularly pleasant place to be, but we're wrapped up warm. I think we'll, we'll try and kill half an hour up here. And as soon as we got there, she's like, I need the toilet, right? Ugh. And you're like, fuck. And then this is what they used to do. I think, I think all kids do this. I don't know if you remember this. What they tend to do is you told them, right, you're not wearing a nap anymore. So when you feel like you need the toilet, especially if it's a shit or a poo, mm-hmm. as you would call it, right? The, get the, you've got to tell up. You've got to tell me. You've got to give me warning so we can get you to a toilet. But what the mm-hmm. kids, what my kids always did was this. Dad, yeah, I need a shit. All oh, right, well, we'll just, I've done it. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> Two seconds between the announcement of needing a shit and the shit happening, right? It's like, I need more warning. And they go, wow, yeah, I, told I you. gave you as much warning as I had. I, I swear you must have known. Read the fucking signs. No, I swear to God, I had not an inkling that there was a shit coming. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang. it's there. I need a shit. Oh, that's better. There it yeah. is. So anyway, I thought, oh, no. 
So I went into the like really horrible, freezing cold, run down little toilet right in this mm. playground, like you get, you know, and uh, like they're so good. They're like the coldest places on earth, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, and I went in, and it was a tiny space, and it stunk, and there's graffiti and all that. And I'm like, oh fucking hell! And so I take off a pants, and there's a poo in it, and I've gone. And I'm just, you know, when you're miserable and stressed, you just want to get out of the situation. It's 7.30 in the morning, right? Mm. And I thought, fuck this. This is going in the toilet. And I didn't feel good about it, but I just wanted to get away. And I went, bang, in the toilet. And I thought, no cunts coming here today. It's freezing cold. Certainly not this hour. There wasn't a soul for miles around. As I walk out of this toilet block, not only is there another man stood... (laughs) Right there, like not a yard back, so close to the door that I pretty much bump into him with his kid who needs the loo. But that man is a colleague of my wife's who I have met at her work dues maybe at that stage two or three times down the years. Quite posh, nice, but in Mm. that awkward posh way that posh blokes have like, hello, like that. Mm. And I literally, mate, pretended... There was no way I could pretend I hadn't seen him because I practically bumped into the cunt, right? Yeah. And I know we didn't know each other well, but he thought he knew who I was. I knew who he was. He sort of awkwardly said hello, and I pretended not to know who he was. And I picked up my daughter, and I basically pegged it. And he would have gone straight into the toilet, and the first thing he would have seen was the disgusting and antisocial mess I had left in my wake. And then he would have faced my wife in the office on Monday morning. Yeah, unable to see anything. Unable to look her in the eye. And obviously I told her, I said, look, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it for you. Things didn't go well. There were a fucking incident up the park. Yeah, it didn't go well. Yes, I know it was only half seven in the morning, but this is what happened. What are the odds? Unbelievable. I fucking blocked up the municipal box. With some shitty pants. And then I bumped into your fucking colleague from work. He tried to say hello, but I just fucking looked away and pegged it. Deal with it. So just let me know if he says out on Monday. In fact, you know what? Don't let me know. I don't want to know. I want to put it behind me. You can deal with it. I shouldn't have told you. (laughs) So there we are. Uh, That's the end of the episode. We've covered about... 15 seconds of the, the film, mm. I think. Yeah. Because a lot of it was catch-up, which the catch-up bit included the phrase, eat shit his pants, well, there ironically. You go. And that may so be, oh, that won't be the, the title of this episode, but we'll try yeah. and fit into another episode. Uh, so that that's that. Um, yet again, this has proven to be a fantastic vehicle for you to um, work on some of your demons, Sam. Yeah. Um, I'm proud to be part of that. Yeah, that that um, story about me shitting my pants at, at infant school, literally that is a big demon that has really had a bad... I mean, when I think about it, which I don't a lot, but thinking about it just now, describing it to you, I feel sorry for the young me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we I all feel, do. You poor regularly. little cunt, shitting your <laughs> pants and then getting... And then that kiddie looked up to you shouting, oh, you stink <sighs> of shit. That's the worst, isn't it? It doesn't get any worse than that as a kid. I, and by the way, I don't blame him because I don't, I'm not saying That's he was a bully. Do. Yeah, he, mm. I'm not saying he was a bully. He was just stating a fact, you know. 
And, and when you're a kid, well you don't it, know how to be sensitive. And that it came from him, who, let's say, was an, a very influential figure on mm. the playground. That just makes it worse, doesn't it? It was a big cheese. He was a Mr. Yeah. Big figure. Yeah. He was a Mr. Yeah. Big figure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he was the well, Harry um, Grout of my playground <laughs> at infant school. The teachers let him keep God. his own canary <laughs> in the classroom <laughs> on his desk. <laughs> oh, God. Right, that's it for this one. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. We'll be back with another one next week. Uh, g- goodbye and, and take care. Don't feel ashamed of anything. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.